Good morning and welcome to the final edition of Bertie's for Breakfast live this morning. It's the last episode of the regular season. We have a Euros 2020 preview uh, next week, but this is it. This is the last one after a very good run for a first season of the show. Um, first and foremost, thanks to everybody who's listened, um, interacted, messaged in during the show and even joined us on the Listen Again feature. Um, it's been a great season, so we'll look at some of our, our favourite moments from the, the last eight months or so. Um, and also, we've uh, got a big one tomorrow. Special broadcast is happening, which is the Seven Sport End of Season Awards 2020-21. My name's Ryan Butler, and as ever, joined by Kelsey DeMaria in the flat. Kelsey. Hello. How are you this morning, and how, how was your mate? week? Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right mate, you know. Um, how was work? Uh, work. Yeah, I dragged a bit for the start of the week, you know, Mondays, or as it is. That's then rolled into Tuesday, dragged a bit. That then rolled into Wednesday, which dragged a bit. And then, you know, Thursday and Friday, a little bit better. And Getting so, ahead to the bank, bank holiday. Long weekend, mate, yeah, that's probably what it was. Three days of just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. No football for us today, unfortunately. No. Nope. Because of the bloody Hellenic League. I know. Shambles. If you don't know. What do you think they're doing? If you don't know, Hartbury are in a, a final today. The Hellenic League uh, Chairman's Cup. We wish them all the luck in the world. It's being played in Abingdon. And it's also being played at six o'clock this evening. Absolute jokers, mate. <laughs> Come on now. What do you think they're doing? Saturday. What happened to the traditional Saturday three o'clock games? It's a, it's a joke. Uh, 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 absolute yeah, joke. like, uh, you know... Why do they both have to be playing at the same at the same on at the same location on the same day? Why have they got finals day? I mean, God, obviously, we, you know, we got a lot of time for Brian King, but what? <laughs> what is what? what realistically, what, 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 realistically, <laughs> how they've done it, I'm not very happy with because personally, for myself, <clears throat> they had four games: the Presidents Cup, the Chairman's Cup, Supplementary Cup, and the Challenge Cup finals. Right? There's four days that they could have done it. They could have done a Friday night game. They could have had a Saturday game, a Sunday game, and a Monday game. Like that Easter bank holiday, mm. uh, ground hopper yep. scenario. That would have been, been unreal. Yeah. That would have been unreal. It would have worked. And you could have even had it all, all at one place. Yeah. But they got two games at uh, Abingdon. And then for some reason, two games at Oxford City. Well, if you're going to have it at places where the, the sides didn't play in the tournament, why don't you have it at Fairford? Yeah, exactly. Or, or wherever. Like... I know, obviously, everyone's listening, saying, well, the Hellenic League are based in Oxford. Still. Favouritism, mate. Disgusting. Favouritism. We don't live in Oxford. No, exactly. We don't want to be living in that dump. How dare they? How dare they? Oxford and Swindon. There's a man from Reading. No, thank you. Those two hey, places. No. Oxford, no. Oxford's not that bad. It's not that good either. No, but like <laughs> you, 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 you're putting it in the category along with Swindon, mate, and that's just in another in a category on its own, mate. Of, I mean, I've, I'm openly saying holes. it. The three worst places I've ever been to all begin with an S: Swindon, Slough, and Staines. <laughs> is what it is. But yeah, Staines not a great place, mate. <laughs> Coming up on the show today, I saw Jasbir Singh get sent off at Staines. Yeah, never a record. Still bitter about it to this day. <laughs> you have actually talked about this before, on I think on a commentary. And, a, commentary. And, and I've seen Jasbir Singh get sent off against Curzon Ashton again. Never a record, and I'm still bitter about it to this day. There's a disgust in your voice is is there to be seen. Savasiani was the name of the referee that sent off Jasbir Singh. I remember that it's nearly six years ago. Oh, mate, he's living rent free in your head. Uh, he is, mate. He's absolutely he is. joke that is. How he quickly is. you just pulled that out, mate. 
I just can't believe, still can't believe it, mate. <laughs> but you were there. No, you weren't there. No, you weren't no there. I wasn't there. You weren't there in that game. No. Um, but yeah, big show today. As we said, um, it's a bit of a, a review and preview scenario. So, um, talk you through what's going to happen. Review-wise, I've handpicked two of our, our guests from the season. Um, we're going to relive the interviews we had with them. One of them is former Gloucester City defender and now a Chippenham Town defender, uh, Spencer Hamilton, who talked us through his engagement and how uh, he proposed to his uh, future wife. And we also picked uh, Adam Mann. Again, another former Gloucester City man, former Eastern United forward, um, also now at Chippenham after a spell at Bath. He talked to us about male modelling and also being on the telly. So, you know, for the likes, for the gram, I've picked that one. Is that what you say? For the gram? For the gram. Apparently, yeah. So that's the the review part. We also um, look at the end of season awards. As I said, it's happening tomorrow. Um, I've got all the, the list of the nominees here. Three of the nominees are for Game of the Season. So I've got a highlights package I've put together last night. Um, that basically just goes through all three games, um, giving you a sense of you know, the excitement and the feel live on commentary when we were there for the three games. And also I've got an end-of-season montage for everybody to enjoy at the very end. Preview-wise, as I said, we're previewing the end-of-season awards. Now, part of the end-of-season awards, um, we always pick our 11s. Mm-hmm. of the season and in years gone by it's been our individual teams of the season I've changed it I've made it a difficult challenge for you Kels this year and a challenge for myself to be honest I probably had about five different versions of it but you just pick your 11 no subs just the 11 so it's a difficult one and um, I imagine we're both going to go away from the 4 4 uh, yeah I've gone away from the 4 4 I'm a yeah. traditional man and you'll be disgusted here I've not gone for 4 4 no, I, I've not gone for it either. I mean, and, I, uh, I'll tell you now, I've got I've gone for a four-three-one-two. Mine's a four-two-three-one. Uh, okay, that when we have the ball, it's going to turn into a four-three-three and all that attack. I've I tried to put together the most realistic-looking eleven I could, and I'll explain it why. And also, I wanted to 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 gauge your opinion on obviously players that you've seen this year mm-hmm. by asking for your three. There's probably going to be more that we're going to mention, of course, but. Three players, don't have to be under 18s, don't have to be anything, but three players to watch in the 21-22 season. So excited to see sort of where, where, where we lie on that, really. I don't think we're going to have same players between the two of us, but no. I imagine our thought processes will be the same. So. Mm. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's one player which I think we, we could both have, but I, I'm not sure. I, don't, I think we'll... Have a wider range. That's the thing. Wide array of opinions. And what's great about it is because we really only uh, confirmed yesterday, like on a, a messenger, like exactly what we're going to do. You haven't seen mine. Haven't seen yours. Mm-hmm. So when we go through it, it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. But a reminder: if you do want to get in contact with us throughout the broadcast, as you've done throughout the season, um, as ever, just tweet us at Seven Sport, Facebook.com forward slash Seven Sport, info at Seven Sport.co.uk. And also on the Instagram, 7 underscore sport. And delighted to say, at this time, um, it was signed, sealed, delivered last night. The negotiations went deep into the evening. And are uh, <laughs> proud, well, delighted to say, and proud to say, that Cornell and Company have signed up for another year of sponsorship with <laughs> 7 Sport. Um, we'd like to thank Mark Cornell and, and all of the company um, for all the support they've given us over the years. Um, you know, it helps us with our running costs and... You know, we're able to then provide 
as many commentaries and as many uh, broadcasts as we've been able to during what's been a tough year for everybody. So, uh, you know, we we really do appreciate it. And, um, yeah, before we even had a chance to put sort of sponsorship feelers out, the big Mm -hmm. one signed up. The big one. (laughs) So, you know, it's... uh, very good to be at seven sport right now let's put it that way <laughs> because we get control on the end of season awards too which uh if i'm not mentioned sunday six o'clock right here seven sport at UK. it is the end of season awards got a suit ready what me yeah. um no i mean we're not wearing suits but no got a suit ready? uh no <laughs> and, and the thing is it's like i've got i've had messages throughout the week obviously we've been announcing the nominees for all of the categories we'll obviously go through them a little bit later on but the amount of messages i've got saying oh who's winning this who's winning this we haven't decided no, genuinely we, 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 we haven't, haven't decided, decided who who's that's winning what, each that's award what we're likely to decide after the show and in the car ride to to tesco later on pretty much <laughs> that is, if people want an insight into into not how late we're leaving it but to to how real it is mm. like we only really decided the nominations for the closed categories last week we wanted to see as much yeah. of the games happen before we we made well, exactly. that decision. Yeah, because obviously we, you know, season's been gone on later than yeah. what it normally would. So I had to to give it a bit of you know a bit more time than than, than normal. I mean, and then and then obviously the close uh, the open nomination. Sorry, they closed on Friday morning, so we only really decided Friday morning. Mm. Uh, the, like looking through the nominees, you know, who had the most votes and nominations, who. You know, had really good nominations in some cases, so we we tried to 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 scope as much as we could, really, and uh, yeah, good list of nominees that we'll, as I said, go through mm-hmm. as well. And also, I said uh, earlier on that Saturday will be a preview to the Euros 2020 tournament. Uh, we also have our final game of the season, um, which is on a Thursday night. So, last commentary of the season. It'll be Bishop's Cleave under-18s versus Tuffley under-18s in the Cheltenham Youth Flooded League League Cup. So a good so way the final to... Of that competition. It's a final competition. Yeah. Um, the rearranged game between Dursley and Bishop's Cleave happened in the week. I believe Cleave won 5-3. It was 3-3 three, three at half-time. Yeah, I did see. I, I was keeping up with it on Twitter a little bit and then sort of I things just went a bit one. quiet. And I thought it was 3-3. Three, three. I, I thought it was like late in the game. Mm. It wasn't. It was. It was only half time. Yeah. But oh, what a game! Mm. What a game! As you'd expect uh, from you know two very very good sides. Well, yeah, I was going to say obviously Dursley are a, are a strong side, yeah. aren't they? And and you know I can't say that we've really seen much of Cleve eighteens. Cleve have good players. This Cleave, season, but, Cleave are very yeah, good. Cleave, definitely. For me, with the squad that Cleve have got, probably underachieved slightly in the league. And I don't think I'm too out of line to say that, mm. but. Um, that final, Bishop Slee versus Tuffley Rovers, is going to be a, a pretty, pretty big final. And I think it'll be a very, very good game of football. So delighted mm. to, to fit that one in. And then, the reason it's all going off, and obviously we're having the final game, then the Euros preview, is because then we're going to take a two-week break from broadcasts, no shows, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Mainly because for a week I'll be waiting in Reading, visiting the family for the first time in about 18 months. Well, it's not, so, well, it's not going to be that long, is it? Because you went there at Christmas and well, COVID, other, didn't you? Other than my immediate family. Right, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll be able to go see my nan, be able to go see friends as well, be able to go to the pub and watch England beat Scotland on the Friday night, which I'm absolutely <laughs> excited for. Why are you saying that like you're going to go to the pub to watch football? I am. Are you actually? Yeah. You? 
I haven't seen in my, the pub watching I, football. Honestly, I haven't seen my I haven't seen my friends from back home for about two years. Wow, you've changed, man. You've changed. You never I go to the You never go people. to the pub to watch football. I hate watching football on telly with people because I like listening to the commentary too much. Mm. But yeah, we're going to go watch England beat Scotland in the pub in Reading. Jeez, wow! Thanks for the invite. You might get a <laughs> you might get a WhatsApp video call. A WhatsApp video call. <laughs> Just me, like carrying my friend on the sho- on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> After Mason Greenwood scored his hat trick, his second hat trick of the Euros. After he inevitably goes to the Euros, that he is. he won't go. I don't think he'll go. I mean, you know, we got the preview next week, but we we kind of touch on it now. Obviously, this week we saw the provisional squad announced for the England Euros. It seems I I don't know about you, but I've seen obviously tweets and. And you know, posts on social media from people <clears throat> with their like seven to drop out, mm. and it almost seems to be almost universal. Yeah, everyone's sort of on the same page, really. Yeah, but I mean, in my opinion, probably the the worst thing that could have happened to the England national team and England football is English clubs doing so well in Europe this season. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got two teams, two English teams in the Champions League final with. What three three key players for England really in in Sterling, Foden, and and in my opinion Mount. You know for City and Chelsea. I don't know. I think I think you'd make a case for Carl Walker. Yeah, Carl Walker as well. Yeah, and John Stones potentially. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, but in terms of in terms of depends what you consider key players. Yeah, in terms, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about players who are more likely to be involved. In that, yeah. their, their, their place is pretty much booked on the plane. Yeah. That's it. It's well, about six. Yeah, well, in which case, yeah, you've got quite a lot of play there. So, you know, hoping for a nice boring nil-nil where both sides just keep the ball in the centre circle and pass it around and don't bother trying to attack or anything. Wow. I mean, my my thought on it was, and, and obviously for the seven that potentially could drop out of the, the provisional squad before, before the Euros, it's all going to depend on the fitness of Harry Maguire mm-hmm. and the fitness of Jordan Henderson. Mm-hmm. Now... I don't think Jordan Henderson will be fit, so I personally wouldn't take him. But that's obviously something that will divide people because some people say, "Well, if you take him, you're playing for the later rounds." But I think we've got enough cover that we could say to him, "Look, not this time. But True. We'll see you in Qatar next year." True, but I mean, then you've also and you've we've got, got Maguire. But you've only got sort of seven central midfielders in that in that squad, and then obviously if you take Henderson out, then that's six. But then I'm looking at that six, and I'm thinking. If he if Southgate goes and plays a free in midfield, you know that's that's there's not three midfielders in that start in that six that I would think they're nailed on to start. Other than Declan Rice and Mason Mount, then there's the other one which is like mm. yeah, but I think that I think that that works for England's favour because I think it then allows them to mix it up. Possibly. I personally think Possibly. people were uh, underrating and overseeing James Ward-Prowse. Because he played the last two games in the in the March friendlies, he's been called up for those squads and the squads before that. And people, you know, you look at people's squads and stuff, and he's not included in an awful lot of them. And with his set ball delivery, with his technique, with you know his ability to create, like we saw for Southampton, <clears throat> I think he's the one that yeah. will shock a lot of people in terms of being called up <laughs> I, into that I, squad. My opinion on this is. Yes, James Ward-Prowse is a good footballer, and he is a good midfielder, but in my opinion, he's never really out of second gear. No. And that's that's not to say that, like, 
it's a it, it it's a good thing that you know he doesn't even need to get out of second gear and he still looks absolutely world class because it's not he, he doesn't he doesn't give you that extra that extra push he, you know he'll obviously he's got the set piece delivery and everything like that but in terms of like pressing you know you want your midfield to be pressing to win the ball back and you know all that I don't think he offers as much as you know, see someone like a Declan Rice. But I think if he's playing in a free with the likes of Mountain Rice, I think but, that he provides that alternative then, option, doesn't it? But then also, you know, if this is just my opinion, I w- I I know a lot of people would just take him for the set piece ability. But I mean, oh, can you do that? You, you, can you afford at, to do that? This is what I'm saying. You know, a lot of you've got in that squad. You've got let's see who who else can take a free a free kick. You've got Mason Mount. He can swing a set piece. Well, you look at who's, taking, who's, who's taking free kicks for their clubs. You know, yeah. Rashford takes free kicks. Grealish takes free kicks. Exactly. Um, yeah. Harry Kane takes free kicks. Yeah. Sometimes, if it's if it's close enough in around the box, we've seen Carl Walker take free kicks mm-hmm. for Man City. Mm-hmm. Ben Chilwell's taken a few free kicks. Mm-hmm. Not so much for Chelsea, but more so for Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, if Henderson's in the squad, he's taken free kicks before. Alexander Arnold, if he's in the squad, takes free kicks for Liverpool. Exactly. So, so is there know, a need for that dead ball exactly. specialist? And that's 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 where that's where my head is at the moment on James right now, Prowse. Right now on the spot, Trent Alexander Arnold is the in or out for you. That's the seems to be the big point, and I don't know why. Um, <sighs> so I think I'm Trent in. I would probably say I'm in on Trent, but I think he's out. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm, I'm on that similar mindset. I think that, and I think the reason I would pick him, but I don't think Gareth will. I think the reason he's out is because you've got Walker, you've got Trippier, and Reece then James. you've got Reese James, who gives you the added cover that he can play centre half as well if you need it. Whereas Trent, yes, he can play and midfield whole, as well. And there's a whole Reese James is better defensively, talk you, as well, and, and you can play Trent in midfield though. So there's a flip side to that. But the argument is obviously. Trent's never really played at midfield at a high level, mm. so are you taking a right back to put, play him in midfield in a in a European competition that realistically England should be challenging to win this competition? Because we'll, we'll talk about it next before. week more, of course. Obviously, once we know more of, of what's happening squad wise, but um, you know, everyone's sort of saying, "Our oh, Trent should be in, we James should be in," but they're almost overlooking Kieran Trippier. But he's just won the league title. Yeah, you're forward to say, "All oh, right, he's not in." Yeah, but then I, I don't think that Trippier has been amazing for Atletico. Yes, he's you know, he started, he's been he's been good, he's been good enough. But then obviously then on but the flip side, like Trent hasn't been like but, but, amazing this season. But then be the other side of the coin on that. He has just won in La Liga with a poor Barcelona side and a Real Madrid side that's got no players going to the Euros for mm. the first time like ever. Yeah. So he, you know, the form of La Liga compared to a form of a Premier League where Three of the four finalists in European competitions are from that country. Mm-hmm. Even though United didn't win on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. they were still in the final. Three of the four are English mm-hmm. clubs. Liverpool, what, won more points than anyone else over the last two months of the season, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's more to the, to looking at it than just, oh, he's won a title, let's get him in. Yeah. You know, so be interesting to see what happens. But then also... <laughs> Trippier can take free kicks as well. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So, um, yeah, we'll talk more about it next week, of course. Obviously, the uh, squad will be whittled down. Of course it will. Um, and then we can uh, talk more about who's gone and who uh, has been left out. Because there's going to be some very good players for England that are going to be left out. 
in the words of Paolo Di Canio, he is out. The thing is, I'm looking at it, and, and you look at someone like Belgium squad, mm. they're going to be better players left out of the England squad than are actually in the Belgium squad. Oh, you reckon? And that's a fact. Mm, okay. And I'll put my, my neck on the line on that, but that's more to come next week. Um, what we're going to do now, we're going to play an interview from the season. It's from December. I have to double check my notes there. December. It's Spencer Hamilton. He joined us on the show um, as a catch-up. We spoke more uh, about uh, Macaulay Herbert modelling. It was broken to me that on that interview that that's what he was doing. And um, Spencer also talked to us about dancing on Snapchat stories and also life as an engaged man and t- even talks us through um, the proposal himself. So this is Spencer Hamilton joining us on the show. And when we come back, we'll start looking ahead to the end of season awards. This is Seven Sports. 54 minutes past. Mate, I turn up at 5-2 every week. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> I mean, there was. I mean, shall we just go back to like a couple of weeks ago where yes. we started late for your radio yes. show in your own flat and My I was still outside show. for 10 minutes because you were otherwise engaged. Hello. Good morning, Spencer Hammer, and he's live on Seven Sport. I told you, Kelsey, I told you we'd be ready. What a professional. I'm ready, mate. I had the alarm set. I had two set before just to ensure I was ready with my coffee in hand. Perfect. Firstly, how was the night out last night? Oh, mate, to be fair, uh, a bit of a stinker. It was It was about, we managed to, obviously, I've woken up this morning very full because obviously you have to have a meal per place you go. So, uh, <laughs> How many meals did you have last night? Uh, so I had three meals last night. <laughs> three meals. I had, uh, bur- I had burger and chips. I had fish and chips. It's <laughs> so your job we didn't have a game today. I was going to say, I mean, if you had a game today, that is n- that is just going to be sloshing around in you while you're trying to get up and down a pitch there. It definitely would be my normal uh, pre-match routine, mate, put it that way. <laughs> and how was Macaulay Herbert? How was he? Oh, mate, he's great. You know, he's a uh, standard. I think it, it I have to keep on the download, though. I think he might be a nearly a tied down man. Oh, you can't. He is going to be furious. He's, he's been, he's been modelling on Adam Mann's Instagram as well. <laughs> he's modelling on Adam. Why have I not been told this that he's been modelling on Adam Mann's Instagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I was already battering him, mate, yesterday over so that. I did, I did see not... a picture on his Instagram of him in a car with a bucket hat on. And I thought, I'll, get, I'll get the picture up for you now. Mate, he was showing me pictures yesterday saying, I'm going to put this on my Instagram. I said, mate, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, if there was a man, if there, if there was, if there was a couple of blokes who I thought, you know, they could go into modelling, you know, one would be you, Spence, and then one would just be Macaulay Herbert. He's a very good-looking man, and you know, people like the tattoos. You got to be honest. I know, mate. To be fair, he's put he's put a lot of strings with some of them. It was it was a good laugh seeing some of the photos. But there you go. He's doing well, mate. Fair play to him. And you know, one of the reasons we wanted to get you on is is for a catch up because obviously twenty twenty. Um, was a year that saw you leave Gloucester City, you know, yeah. no longer playing within uh, a league that we cover. But also, most importantly, you got yourself engaged, mate. Congratulations. I know, mate. I know. My, my, my missus said to me, she goes, little cue for you to try to do with this interview is get in there that you got engaged. That's you, that's you. You, you don't need to, mate. I, I was already prepared. It was the first question. It's maybe one the better, and it's been that much easier, which is great. But, but yeah, mate, it was brilliant. It was back in the July. Um, and that was probably, to be fair, out of the whole year, obviously a big highlight, mm. you know. Have a year has been a real struggle. That was one real, you know, positive and great thing. So I saw the video, saw the video on Facebook of the, the proposal that, that was done on top of the hill. 
You know, Matt, how, how, you knew I had a side like that. You know, I was going to say, how much, how much did you plan that? How long did it take to plan that? Oh, mate, it was funny. I um, So I went and met my dad the day before, and I, I told him about it. And it, it was funny that his, you know, his reaction was, oh, congrats and congrats. And I said, right, I, I need I need you to do me a favour, though, to help me with it. So uh, it's quite a funny story, to actually. So I said to him, oh, you need to get up the hill about 15 minutes before me. So obviously you can set it up, the will you marry me on, on the top of the hill. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. So anyway, during the day, um, me, and, me and my missus, I was out to the stall and obviously arranged for us to then go for a walk. And... Uh, we we then I obviously had to get the ring, so the ring was at my mum's house, and we've we've gone to leave for the walk, and Sarah's got on the driving seat. I was like, oh no, I need to be driving here. So we've got in the car. I said, oh, can I, can I drive? And she was like, um, yeah, if you want. It's literally two minutes from our house where <laughs> where we're going. So we swap swap seats, and then I've diverted off the side. And I said, oh, I, I see the pop to my mum's quick. Um, I need to, I need to get you something. There's something. Um, in there which I need to get you and it was like for her birthday she was like oh, okay I'll come in with you I was like no 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 you, you can't come in I don't want you to see what I've got yet no. so, so, so I've got in got the awesome. ring and then I'm thinking god it looks bulky like I'm gonna have to like obviously just put it in my pocket and hope for the best and anyway did you not have get... like a dummy present like wrapped up or something like ready to like oh yeah here it is just a box that you just wrapped like oh yeah here's the present like no, no, shut off I should have. At a time, you're just thinking about it, so you're sweating, and you're not thinking. Because you'd have been coming out, no, no present in hand, and it's like, well, what have you picked up? Yeah, I just said, oh, I've just, uh, I just, I've left it there. I thought I'd just pick it up at a later date, so I, just, <laughs> I just, like, wrapped it. And, and she had no idea at this point. No idea. No right. Let me just go back a second, right? So, so you are driving, you say, oh yeah, I need to go to my mum's to pick up your birthday present. You then get out of the car, go and obviously get this ring, but then come out and say to her, oh, I've gone into the house, decided actually I don't want the present and I'll come pick it up at a later time. That's just yeah. mental. Because I would be mental. like, you're just wasting my time here doing that. And... Yeah, mate. You let me know. I was clucking at straws, mate. But the, the most stressful thing, mate, was, was my dad. So I can't get hold of him. Oh, no. And I, I, I'm texting. I'm ringing. Obviously, as I'm, I'm doing, trying to do it on the sly when Sarah wasn't um, close to me. And, mate, he didn't answer his phone. And then, obviously, when we got to the hill, obviously, you see the car park. And I can't see his car. So I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my god, he's not even here yet. Like, what do I do? Like, so we start, we start no, walking panicking. out. We, I, bet, I bet you were panicking. Oh mate, I was sweating. I was, I was thinking. Uh, uh, she even said to me, she goes, "Why are your hands so sweaty?" <laughs> and I was, I, I, I was trying to give it. Oh, it's just a warm day because at the time it was quite a nice day. I was like, it's a warm day. It's just hot. Oh mate, it was so stressful. And I was thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna pass my dad. Like, she's gonna think, and how weird to past my dad who doesn't really do too much walking up hills just randomly on the day we're going up a hill but, but <laughs> mate, it, was, it was great so we got to the top there and I just saw, saw his head gleaming at the top I thought thank god for that and it all went smoothly mate see so your dad thought about it more than you did he thought Christ if, if, if my car's there she's going to see my car and think why is Spencer's dad's car here yeah mate he, did, he said that exact same thing he said he hit it around the corner and I thought fair play because I couldn't see it I mean, that's just a man who switched on, isn't it? He's, yeah, man. He's, oh, that's incredible. 
so obviously, you know, that was a a major event. And then, as we said on the pitch, um, you know, you, you switch clubs and you're now at Chippenham. You're still with the likes of uh, Hanksy as well. Yeah. The most important question is, when are we going to see you dancing on a Macaulay Herbert Instagram story? Or is it now the fact that you're an engaged man and a, a you know, a settled down man? Is that something of the of the past? Is that going to be something we're going to be robbed of? Mate, you'll never be robbed of me dancing on an Instagram story. I think until times get back to the norm, I think we get back to the norm of me doing those sort of dances and things I mean, like that. I can't that. wait to see the wedding the wedding uh, videos that will be put on there of you dancing at your wedding. I think that's just going to be incredible. Oh, really? You've got choreographed, if you choreographed it. But, yeah, I did say to Sarah, I said, oh, first dance, you want to know when you see it break out the norm and people doing dances and things like that. But problem is, mate, Sarah can't really dance. So it'd be more of a solo act. <laughs> so what does, she, <laughs> what does she bring to the table then if she doesn't dance? Like, how, oh, how can she match you then? Mate, probably any, any other aspect. She probably <laughs> does all the cooking, she does all the cleaning. But I even get my pants ironed. <laughs> you get your pants Unreal. ironed. Unreal. Yeah, mate. Honestly, I, every tick box you would normally get, I get. The only thing she can't do, bless her, is dance. But that's where you come in. That's you know you fill exactly. that void. So that's why together you make that that perfect couple, in the sense that to the table. dancing and and you know a lovely lovely face and mustache, which uh, <laughs> is, is what we love. Yeah, that's what she appreciates, mate. All the small things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a quick question in regards to to obviously this year. You know, as we said, uh, that you're now at Chippenham, but you know the video that you put out in the summer when you left Gloucester, talking about you know how much love for the club that you have. You know, what's yeah. it been like for you to see you know the Meadow Park reopening, fans being allowed to to go back to the to the ground and watch games this week? But it, it's it's been a bit of a mix of emotions for like. It's obviously follow, still following Gloucester closely. It's, it's fantastic, you know, what they've done, you know, from the start. The start they've had has been brilliant. It's kind of set the club. It's given it that buzz feeling as well for fans to go back to really get behind them. Because, mm. um, you, know, you know, if they would have struggled at the start, I, you know, I still expect all the fans to go, but it's just given them that extra lift. And it's, it's been great, you know, finally seeing... You know, the videos that went around earlier of fans being able to watch a game in Gloucester, you know, it's been like we lawn for for 13 years and it, it, it was brilliant, you know. And I, I spoke to people who went, I had quite a lot of, I had a lot of friends who I went to school with went, um, you know, I had family went and, you know, they said it was great. And it, it, it was weird. It was like, you know, one of my aims was to always play that, you know, that first game at Meadow Park and mm-hmm. kind of walk out. Um, I was always something that was circumstances at the time I couldn't but it was just it was great to see it you know I'm so happy for the football club to finally be back home and hopefully really kick on as well there Spence thanks very much mate for joining us on the show we wish yourself and Sarah the best of luck with uh, the engagement and, and the marriage and hope you, you both have a, a lovely Christmas cheers mate and you have a good Christmas and New Year and hopefully it gets back to the norm and you see more dancers with me as well <laughs> Spence Hammond there joining us on Seven Sport, but for breakfast here on this Saturday morning. Delightful. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk. Spencer Hammer and there, the interview from December. Um, we were just saying off, off the air there that crazy to think Spencer was talking about the Needham Market game where Gloss City fans were able to um, you know, watch their side actually play in the stadium. 
Mm. And it was it's mental to think out here that that was the the only game of the campaign that they were able yeah, to crazy, watch. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. But I mean, you know, sellout game, and it was a, a good contest. Because you got to remember, about that time, obviously there was big plans for the the Boxing Day game as well. You know, that was going to be a sellout, and yeah, you know, fans again were looking to pack into Meadow Park, and then the tier system uh, fell on its head, and and it, it never really came to pass. So, yeah, one game all season. Yeah, um, disappointing really from a Gloucester City perspective, isn't it? You know, when you where you've got that sort of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You've got that anticipation that that you're going to be able to have fans come in, and you know, and then it's just to get the rug pulled under you. As seems to have been the way for Gloucester City for so many years now. You know, they've had the rug pulled under them, pulled away from under them. You know, for God knows how long. And uh, just another obstacle that they've had to clear, and all the other footballing cliches, you know. So, I'll be back stronger next season, and they'll go again, and all this. <laughs> so, um, but no, seriously, it'll be um, great to, to to go down to to Meadow Park again to watch a Gloucester City game where there's you know, actual fans in the in the ground, and you know, exciting to see whether or not they make any other further developments to. To New Meadow Park. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I was going to say, you know, we were there last weekend for the Gloucester Cup finals, um, and it was the first time that we had been there to see, um, you know, not just fans in in there again, but also to see the Burger Bar in force. Um, and you, you know, I said to you at the time on, on the day that you know places like the bar at, at Meadow Park and also the 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 Burger Bar across from from where we were sat, they were busy all day during yeah. the, the whole day over the two games um, and well initially I've sort of been told by Coatesy Mark Coates for everybody who doesn't know um, that, yeah they seem to Gloucester seem to have made good money on that um, yeah. yesterday at the Gloucester Cup and you know not not to diminish the Gloucester Cup in any way but you know there's only about 500 people there yeah I think you say only you know, yeah but you know what I mean so decent. if you imagine that obviously when restrictions are lifted next season and you know, Gloucester are able to pack it out like they they did against Needham Market. You know, it could be you know, just it could be a, a spectacle really to to see. Mm, um, it's something that, that we're obviously looking forward to um, next season. But in terms of um, you know your high points over the season, obviously we'll run through the end of season awards nominees in just a second. But what sort of your your any standout moments for you across the season? Um... I think, well, I think that Needham Market game for Gloucester was probably one of them, just because of you know what it meant, um, and also you know the the, the first game at Meadow Park as well. I was going to say the first um, time friendly, which is the first game we did. Yeah, and then the, the sort of the first league fixture. I mean, all all of those ones are really sort of all standouts because they've all for all different reasons. You know, you've got the first first game back at Meadow Park, then you've got the first league the game back game as well, wasn't it? it was first exactly. Game you've did, got the first it? goal scored at Meadow Park as well, which was an absolute cracker. Um and then you've got obviously the first game at Meadow Park with fans again, you know, so th- those that really just as as like one big all encompassing you can't really call it a moment, but sort of uh I don't really know what the word I'm looking for, series of events um, is probably up there for me. Um, I'm just trying to think really off the top of my head whatever sort of moments of the of the season that I'd put up there. Rudy McKinnon scoring six goals in a half. Warren Man against Ardley. Warren Man against Ardley. 
less said about Warren Man yeah, on this show, the better. That name is now banned from from this show. Um, well, I mean, more recently, um, the Blaine War, yeah. Blaine War coming back and scoring a couple of goals after a, a, a tragic time, obviously in his family life and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was special just to see that. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, more recent games, I mean, that toughly, toughly long Levens, um, the three two, the Will Emery scoring a hat trick. Um, which I think was 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 a nice moment for him and obviously for for his family for his dad Rob you know um, mm-hmm. as well so uh, plenty of moments just the two Brad Martin hat tricks yeah well. it's, it's like I don't really want to sort of you know give away too much because I don't want to be sort of giving away like hints for what could possibly be my choices for you know end of season awards like winners so, well yeah of course I mean. Because obviously, one thing that we'll sort of come to when we we look at the the nominees and obviously for the the game of the season category in particular um, coming up, we we have the the three choices there um, in highlights form. You know, the the whole Turfley Rovers Under 18s Cup run was pretty special because how big it went to the club and mm-hmm. and everyone involved in, in you know that Radstock game. You know, it isn't even the, my choice for for game of the season. It was the round before that against Bath because. Bath was the big test, um, and then obviously due to Bridgewater getting chucked out, Radstock went through, and mm-hmm. you know the next round was always going to be a, not a gimme because there's never any gimmies, but mm. you, you kind of felt that Tuffley were were always going to win that one. So the Bath game for me stood out um, as you know probably the the peak of the run, I think, and, mm-hmm. and 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 there we go. But we'll run through the nominees then for the end of season awards, as I said, happening tomorrow. Sunday evening, 6pm. Right How are we going to do this? Are we going to do one each? Have you got it up on your phone, have you? I'll get the list up for you now, mate. Well, we can start with the Player of the Season campaign. Uh, of the campaign. Um, we have Jake Power of Brimscombe for up and Bishop's Cleave. Obviously, we saw him play for both clubs. Uh, made a transfer partway through the season. Matt McClure of Gloucester City. Um, we also have Sean O'Connor of Long Levens. Mm. My uh, my nomination was Matt McClaw. Yours was Sean O'Connor, and we both mutually agreed. Jake Parrott yep. had an outstanding season. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, echo sentiments on on that. Uh, the next award we've got the Jamie Hyatt Award, which uh, we've renamed this season. It's our Under 18s Player of the Season Award, which we've renamed to the Jamie Hyatt Award in in memory of our our friend Jamie Hyatt, who who sadly passed away recently. Um, it was always very accommodating for us yep. um, in his role at Tuffley Rovers. So the nominees for that award are Rudy McKinnon of Tuffley Rovers, Jacob Geddes, also of Tuffley Rovers, and Felix Myers, who technically also of Tuffley Rovers as <laughs> yeah. well because he had a spell there, but mainly of Cheltenham Town uh, under 18. So three very, very promising players who have, have seriously impressed us this season. In the uh, post on the website, uh, um where, where we sort of announced the, the nominees for that award, um, I did put a, a bit at the bottom of it um, in, in sort of my initial reaction. Is that was, for me, one of the hardest awards yeah, to nominate for. because we've seen so much under-18s yeah. football, more so this season than we have in any well, other season, really. I mean, we always narrow it down to three nominees, and how we've always done it is I pick one, you pick one, and we have mm. a, a shared. That award there... 
we could have had eleven players. I think. I think you, the, you have eleven players. The, the trouble with not necessarily the trouble in that ward, but the sort of the difficulty in picking a nominee for that ward is because we've had so many under 18s players who have played a lot in first teams as well. Yeah. Is it's not just yep. now down to exclusively the under 18s games that we've seen, you know? So but exactly, there you go. and then that sort of ties into the breakthrough player of the the season as well, Jack Bartman of Brimscombe Frups there, um, Jack James from Gloucester City, and then James Sunley, who you know. He equally could have qualified for that Jamie Height award. So, yeah. um, you know, James Sunley, who went to go on and have trials at Cheltenham, Jack Bartman, who made the step up from Frampton, and uh, Jack James, who, you know, had an unbelievable season for Gloucester City before it was cut short. So, yeah. again, another difficult uh, choice for us to make from those three players. Yeah. Um, then we've got the Team of the Season award. Uh, so, obviously, that is for the the collective award. So the nominations for that one are Harbury University, Cinderford Town Under-18s, and Siren Sester Town as well. Siren, who, of course, were looking pretty good value for, for being a team they to challenge the there in the they Southern the League. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, Harbury University for what they've done in the, in the Hellenic and then also in their cup competitions with Dr. Martin Longworth, you know, Paul Tassel, Chris Knowles, everyone there at Harbury doing such a great job. And also Cinderford Town Under-18s, of course, who won the league. We were there to see them win the league as well. Steve Blaby um, managing that side there and also getting through to the final of the cup competition as well. Yep. Um, manager of the season was, again, a, a difficult one because um, you know a couple of the teams of the season could have easily had the manager of the season nominations as well. Um, but we tried to mix it up. So the manager of the season nominees are Michael Palmer of Tuffley Rovers Development and under-18s, John Bruff, Sirencester Town, and Ben Stringer from Nuance. Um He uh, is in that list. We'll leave out Game of the Season, Kels, because we'll end with Game of the Season to tie into the, um, the the little highlights package I've got coming up. So if you could take us with some support live players. Yeah, so as, as I visit, so uh, with... Things that we do here on Seven Sport, you know, we've got the team of the month. We like to award players that we see. Exactly, yeah. So our team of the month is is different to other team of the months where it's made up of players that have performed well in games that we have seen. Um, which you know, I I think most people have a fairly good grasp on that now. But we do still get a few people saying, "Oh, why isn't so and so in this team?" Well, well, because we haven't seen them play, so we we can't. Uh, the we post can't. literally gives you the list of games that qualify every for the team single of the month. month. Every single month, and there's it, always, it there's always one there. or two. There's always one or two. Um, nominees for Seven Sport Live Player of the Season, Rudy McKinnon for Tuffley Rovers slash Under-18s, Josh Parsons at Siren, and Ollie Long at Long Levens. Um, Josh Parsons, of course, was Ryan's nomination for that one, um, who really... As Ryan mentioned earlier, you know, Siren had laid a good platform and I think the goals from Josh Parsons had really helped them do that. I mean, they only played like, what, eight games, nine, nine games? games? But I think Parsons scored games. nine goals, didn't yeah. he? So, um, you know, it was always a player that, that seemed to turn up when we were there. As, as of course, you know, Rudy McKinnon, we don't need to wax any more lyrical about Rudy McKinnon. We've done it enough. Um, and likewise for Ollie Long, who always shows up. Well, I would say about Ollie Long, I didn't even realise until right in the, the post to announce that he's up for that award. Is he actually the current holder of that award? Mm. He won our live period of season he last did season. So he I don't think we've ever had anyone defend their crown. No. but No one's ever you know, defended it's not, it. Not to say that it, that it can't happen, um, just that it hasn't happened. Yeah. Yet, you know? So it could be a history-making uh, evening tomorrow for Ollie Long. Time will tell. 
um, signing a season. It'd be like when Anton Deck win like the presenter of the year at the NTAs every single year. <laughs> this morning wins best daytime telly show. Great <laughs> signing of the season. Uh, as we said, Jake Parrott made the move from uh, Brimscombe up to Bishop's Cleeve. Um, we've put that up there. Jack Bartman, who made the step up from Frampton to Brimscombe Frupp, has been honoured with the sign of the season nomination as well. Um, and also uh, my nomination, which was Kev Dawson to Gloucester City. I think the you know, as I put in the post, just took Gloucester City up to that next level of sort of, you know, desire and, and professionalism, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, three very different players that have had different influences on their team. So yeah. it's another tricky one. 100%. 100%. Um, next category, um, which has nominees, uh, obviously the next category on the list is the John Ashplant Local Hero Award. We, don't, that, but we don't really do nominees on that we, one because we, just sort of, we get well, so many nominations. Yeah, we, op- we open the nominees and we've, sort, we've decided who it's going to be, so yeah. you can find that out uh, tomorrow. So the next nomination with nominees um, was the Best Social Media Account. Um, so this is an award that just recognises... Presence on social media and, and that sort of thing, and the impact that that, that yeah. social media has had, really. So nominees for that one, so you've got Brian Roster, uh, of course, photographer extraordinaire, provides most of our photos for the website and also for um, just ev- everything, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Other clubs and you know. does local cricket pitches as well, of course, mm-hmm. and 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 that's specifically Brian's uh, Flickr account. So if you go on there, you pretty much can see every story you need to see. In regards to Gloucester mm-hmm. Sports, so that's why uh, Brian's uh, been nominated, rightly so. And then uh, you've got Gloucester Athletic in there as well, predominantly um, the Facebook page. Yeah, because of they they've they've done very well with what what tools they have in terms of social media. Um, and you know, received a number of nominations mm-hmm. in that. And, and you know, as I said in the the post, you know, we can't really go anywhere at the minute without people asking us who's Gloucester Athletic. So. Yeah. And you, there is a post on the website yeah. where, you know, I, I, well, I said I, I, I sat down with David Needham. I didn't because obviously we've lockdown restrictions, but um, I had a nice chat with him over the phone and uh, wrote out a, a long old post. So if you want to find out who Gloucester Athletic are, just uh, search on sevensport.co.uk. And then the last nomination for that one is Kit You Out, of course, um, providing football kits for. Uh, less fortunate countries and, and things like that. Yeah, predominantly Gambia. Um, yeah. There's been sort of main main collections, but um, what's been great about that is that um, by having their, their Twitter account and, and the powers of social media, they've been able to get kits from not just Gloucestershire sides, but sides in and around other counties as well. Like I think Westfields was uh, one of the, the early clubs to sign up after seeing it on social media. So again, you know, it's another good impact to social media and, you know, it shows that the account's done very, very well. Um, the last three uh, ones with nominees were the Northern Senior um, specific awards player of the season. Uh, nominees are Aaron Nash at Dursley Town, Johnny Davis at Chalford, who received a couple of very, very good mm. nominations, and Ryan Godwin, who I've at Chalton Rovers, so I'm led to believe, and I've checked on full time, only played four times this season for Chalton Rovers. So, potential that we've been at. But he Possibly. A lot, he received a number of nominations and he couldn't be ignored. But we're, we're men of the people. And uh, you know the That's whole. Why are we opening nominations? The whole premise of the open nominations is fault. to it's your fault to to pick the uh, you know the the most frequently chosen. So we looked at quality and we looked yeah, at quantity. Absolutely, and he was the one that got the most. Well, there we go. So you know if 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 it actually turns out that <laughs> that, that Ryan Godwin I mean, is, uh, I'll say right now, it's very unlikely he's going to win. 
well, yeah, I mean, he's played four games this season, isn't he? But there you go. Oh, it's um, principle. <laughs> we'll no, accept we've been out and we'll move on. Next category for that one, of course, um, can have good players without good managers. So we've got Manager of the Season Award for the Northern Senior Law, Northern Senior League. Easy for me to say. Um, got Carl Nash at Dursley Town, Nick McGurk at Abbey Mead Rovers, and James Morse from Lydney Town Reserves. So three very good managers for three very good teams. We had a lot of nominations for Lydney, Abbey Mead, and Dursley players just across. Oh, well, that's why they're also the three for for team in the season. Yeah, so absolutely. that's reflected in the the nominations they received. Now, game in the season, as we said, um, leave to the end because we've got a highlights package coming up now that I put together yesterday, showing the best moments um, from all three games. The games were as follows: uh, it was Cheltenham Town Ladies versus Gillingham Women in the Women's FA Cup. Um, then it was the Gloucester Cup final. Kingsway Rovers versus Long Evans Thirds. Um, and then it was Turfley Rovers in their 4 1 win in the FA Youth Cup against Bath City. Um, these are the key moments and goals that happened over those three games, as listened to on the live commentary right here on Seven Sport. When we come back, we'll start looking at our 11s of the season. And this is what you're here, all here for to see who me and Kelsey have picked in our 11s. So sit back, relax. These are the highlights from the three games of the season candidates. This is Seven Sports. Both teams in their pre-match huddles, just words of wisdom being said by both of the captains. The referee for this afternoon is Ella Broad. She is in the centre circle awaiting the uh, Gillingham and Cheltenham captains, respectively, for the pre-match handshake and coin toss well pretty much fist bump in these covid times the uh, Gillingham captain is vicky ashton jones by the way i don't know if i mentioned that earlier uh, my butler who i hope is n- no relation to yourself ryan um the Cheltenham captain now we're terrible players in, in the butler household <laughs> my old brother he uh, well he peaked for us when he went on sky sports just take it like a fan of sky dependently at the Medici stadium in reading that's pretty much how how good we are as players <laughs> As a little insight into the the life and times of Ryan Butler growing up as a young boy in the Royal County, of course, <laughs> in 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 the Royal County, yeah. So the teams are getting themselves psyched up for this one. Gillingham, you can probably hear below us. Really up for this one, Cheltenham as well. Start to feel the atmosphere building a little bit ahead of this Vitality FA Women's Cup. How much FA Cup means to everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be Gillingham to get us underway in this FA Women's Cup tie. Jade Keogh is the player over it. Both sides are poised. It does definitely look like Chatham lining up as three at the back. And we are underway here at Wadham Road live on 7 Sport. Sponsored by PAH Accounting. Our broadcast sponsors for this season. That team yeah. seems to be dominating the, the 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 passage of play, so to speak. Um, you know, when 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 Jade Keogh has, has been dictating the tempo of this game, Gillingham have looked absolutely fantastic. As Criddle goes for the cross, come shot towards the back post, and it's actually been kept in well over on the far side. It's uh, taken inside there by Billy Haynes. Haynes delivers across, and it's flicked in, and it's an own goal. I think Cheltenham are taking the lead. I think it's taken a flick off of Vicky Ashton-Jones on its way through. 
and Cheltenham have taken the lead in this FA Cup tie. Billy Haynes put the ball into that dangerous area. I think the closest Cheltenham player to it would have been Abby Bevan. I don't think she's got the final touch, but Cheltenham won't care. Tom Davis won't care. Cheltenham are leading by a goal to nil. And we've got a cup tie on our hands. Back inside to Keogh. It might go all the way through to Charles, trying to turn on the edge. It's dropped to Keogh. Tries to dink it towards the back post, and it's gone in. Ripley just must have lost it in the sun. Jade Keogh just floated one up there. She tried it. Ripley was couple of yards off her line she wasn't really that far out though so I think she'll be disappointed that she's let that go in Jade Keogh now has put Gillingham back in this tie it's 1-1 just couldn't reach it good Ripley fantastic from Keogh just to get her head up had a bit of space around her so went for it just caressed it up over Ripley into the net and the scenes in front of us are the Gillingham bench the Gillingham uh, management the players on the, the substitutes bench you know that's how much that meant to them that equaliser and you know finally poised for about well just over 10 minutes I'd imagine left of the game 77 minutes on the clock when that ball went in the back of the net taken short by Davis most of the uh, goal kicks this game have been been short such is the way with the modern game now teams like to play it out from the back from the goal kicks Charles he's turned turned, turned her really well Charles into the penalty area it's deflected back to Charles and it's slotted in at the near post Ripley couldn't get down quick enough to save it Gillingham absolutely buzzing and it's Atisha Charles just a mistake at the back really Ripley just just didn't judge it didn't judge it well at all and Charles it just it took an age to go in it's just dribbled along the floor and Gillingham have taken the lead in extra time, 2-1. This is 7 Sports. Welcome back to 7 Sports Saturday Live. We are here at Meadow Park for the final of the Gloucester Cup. After seeing King Stanley Reserves run out 2-0 winners against Gloucester Rovers in the Gloucester Plate. Yours truly did the trophy presentation. Luckily avoided getting doused in Prosecco. And we are about to get underway for the Gloucester Cup final. Long Levensfords against Kingsway Rovers. Can't quite make out who stood over this one, Ryan. Don't know if you can, but a strike comes in towards the back post and it's headed back towards the back of the net and it is in. Tom Powell Davis. Tom Powell Davis, the man at the back post. The free kick was dinked towards the back stick and just headed back across goal more than anything. No idea who put the delivery in there. Couldn't see from this this far away. I think it may have been Cam Gallifant. I'm not sure. But Long Levin's taken early lead. 1-0. A ball on the far side now with Tom Powell Davis. for Long Levin's in the penalty area. Puts it across to Clift. And it's in. Bundled home by Finn Clift at the back post. Celebrating with the Long Levin's diehards behind the goal. It was Paul Davis who slipped it in. And just after the half-hour mark, Finklift has doubled Long Levens' advantage. 2-0. Just in front of the Long Levens bench, the throw-in taken. Danny English gets in and puts his foot in there to knock it out of play. Throw-in taken long down the line for Sysom. 
Sizem now round the corner to Dolby. Good take this by Dolby, and he's taken out by English, and that's a clear penalty. Dolby, fantastic bit of footwork there from Jack Dolby, and English just came flying in. Straight away, Gary Collier's flag was flying up into the air. And a penalty to Kingsley. Chance for them to get back in this game. Well, it's delightful hold-up play in the corner, first by uh, Sizem, then it's been recycled through to Dolby. As you said, smart footwork. Why is Danny English leaving a leg in like that and just giving the referee a decision to make? I don't know. But this is the, the way back into the game that Kingsway needed. So Tom Hughes, the substitute, stood over it. Going to take it right-footed. It's Hughes against Whitefield. Massive moment in this game. We're not even into the second half yet. Kingsway players crouch down to the left. Hughes sends the keeper the wrong way. And uh, you can tell that uh, there's not many Kingsway fans in. Muted celebrations around this ground. But Kingsway are back in it. 2-1. Tom Hughes just batches a penalty. Well, what you would say is the game probably needed that. Just to liven it up a little bit more. So Kingsway come forward again. Sam Sosom turns on the, bo- on the edge of the box. Sosom on the right corner. Drills it across. The chance for Williams this time. And he's buried it. Oh, and he shushed him as well. And, and Seb Williams him. has levelled it. Desmond, 2-2. Kingsway have clawed it back. They were 2-0 down. It's now 2-2. And they deserved it. Seb Williams deserves it as well. And you've got to say, Kingsway <laughs> have got the bit of luck they deserve. And it's a well-taken goal. Great finish from Seb Williams in the end. And it's 2-2 all square. Wow. <laughs> Whew, wow. What a, what a, what, 60 seconds for Seb Williams there? Because we're literally just sat there thinking, how on earth has he missed that one-on-one opportunity? And I tell you what, mate, Sam Sysom is class and has been class all game. He's not stopped running and he has made that goal. All, all Seb Williams has to do is just tap that into an empty net. You or I could have scored that, mate. You or I couldn't have made the run that Sam Sysom has just made there. That was unreal. First class. What a game. What a game. Chance for Kingsway on the break, though, is Sysom. Sysom steps to his left and then to the right. Tries to work it onto his left foot. Sysom with the effort. It's in. Sam Sysom put it in the corner. Elliot Whitfield can't get there. And Kingsway have turned it around. Dan James is out of the goal celebrating. Kingsway have turned it around. 2-0 down. 3-2 up. Wow. What a goal from Sam Sosum. What a goal. What a goal. I mean, you feel like Elliot Whitefield will maybe think he should have done better with it. We played 90 seconds of added time, by the way, Ryan. And there goes the full-time whistle. And Kingsway Rovers have won the Gloucester Cup. This is Seven Sports. Good evening and welcome to Seven Sport Thursday night live commentary for you in the FA Youth Cup. First qualifying round here. Uh, Tuffley Rovers welcome Bath City. Give and go, attempting the ball suddenly through, and there's a chance for Bath and they scored. But their first real chance of the game is Alfie Andrews just side through it past Louis Evans into the top corner. And Kelsey, you did just say, you know, we're Tuffley going to live to regret the chance they've had just not testing Neil. The first real attempt on their goal ends up in the back of the net and Bath City lead. It's a 3-0 Bath City 1. 
It's a good finish as well, but Toughly just sleeping at the back a little bit. You know, it's no real communication. The the second ball uh, following the header from Geddes was up, was up in in the air for God knows how long. Uh, you think that Toughly had a bit of time to actually uh, set themselves from position to try and win that second ball, and in the end, it just fell nicely um, for was it Andrews? Andrews, yeah, fell nicely for Andrews, and you got to say it's a very good finish actually. Um, you know he's under pressure from from Evans, but it's a good finish from Andrews right in the top corner, and that is, like I said, <laughs> just come back to bite toughly, and it has. Suddenly, for toughly Ravers, goes for a give and go of Ajibola, oh, McKinnon involved too. That's now Ajibola dinks it forward towards McKinnon over the defender, Rudy McKinnon with a chance here. McKinnon, and it's into the back of it. Rudy McKinnon, what an equaliser for toughly Ravers. They weren't behind for long. McKinnon. Sprints off with a side chasing him. That's a fantastic goal for Tuffley. Well worked. Ajibola suddenly involved. The little dink forward from Ajibola. Outstanding over the defender perfectly. McKinnon held off his man. Drilled it low. Neil potentially might be disappointed he's beaten his near post. But Tuffley deserved that for their early play. And as we said, not behind for long. Tuffley won. Bath City won. As Rhoda runs past his man. And Finn Kent showed excellent pace to catch the ball. Kent. Lays it in field to McKinnon, who lets it run to Ajibola, thinks it forward towards Rudy McKinnon. McKinnon, that's a fantastic goal for Tuffley Rovers. It's the same build up again. Ajibola just thinking it forward to McKinnon, who holds off his man. This time, his left foot just smashed it past Neil, who's got absolutely no chance. Tuffley Rovers are taking the lead. It's taken them just over an hour to get the lead. After going a goal down, they've turned it around. Rudy McKinnon's now on a hat trick again. And it's Tuffley Rovers 2, Bath City 1, Kelsey 2. Fantastic goals we've seen for Tuffley Rovers tonight. What a move. What a brilliant move. And you've got to give credit. All started with Fink and down this side. It's a goal and opportunity for Tuffley. Jacob Geddes and Scott Nichols again <laughs> looking to come forward. Poor Jacob Geddes there. He's run forward for the free kick. And then Tuffley have uh, not capitalised on that free kick. And then he's run all the way back. And then 10 seconds later, he's got to go all the way back up for the corner. It's a drilled flat one again. Not fully clear. It's into the back of the net. It's flicked in the near post. I think it's going to be an own goal. Toughly won't care. They've gone 3-1 up. And you've got to say, about a foot and a half, stepping in to the second qualifying round of the FA Youth Cup. Uh, we've seen the flat corners throughout the game so far. This one just drilled in the near post. And it looks to have come off a Bath City man. Flown past Callum Neal. And it's Tuffley Rovers 3, Bath City 1, and no more than they deserve. No yellow card for Land, and you know, Kent not too, too impressed with the challenge, really. <laughs> Suddenly takes the free kick quickly to Ajibola. Just lovely drag back and step over from Ajibola, and the Bath City man not happy with that at all. So Wilson goes for it from distance. Neil reacted very late to that as a keeper. It bounced right in front of him and it was up into his chest before he's even moved his arms. And the ball back sees McKinnon round Neil. McKinnon for the hat trick and he's got it. Disaster for Bath City and you've got to say, about 30 seconds there just sums up Bath City's night. Ball played out from Neil to his defender. Back to him. McKinnon was lurking. Just nipped in, rounded the keeper. Put it into the back of the net. He's got his hat trick for the evening. It's deserved for him as an individual. Tuffley got their fourth for the night. It's deserved to them as a team. Tuffley are into the next round of the FA Youth Cup. 
and they have been absolutely fantastic along the way. Four goals to one Tuffy Rovers lead here at Cleveland Park. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk. And we're back. But he's for breakfast, live on Seven Sport. We were just enjoying listening to that. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Lovely. Lovely nice three games for game of season. Nice little package. We, we kind of forgot how good all three games of those were. And I enjoyed, I did point out, just for that fourth goal there before it, you heard someone shout, that's a card ref. And then I believe it was uh, Jacob Geddes' mum turned around and shushed him. <laughs> we were commentating, it's the manners, manners that, that we were in control there. So there we go. But that's the three games up for game of the season. So we'll find out tomorrow which game is the chosen one for game of the season. The but now, chosen one. This is what everyone will be listening. This is what everyone's waiting for, Kels. It's our 11th of the season, um, followed by three players to watch. I mean, I say three. It's going to be, you know, 12 players to watch, probably. Um, I'm going to give you the honour. Can you, can you just hold off for a sec whilst I tweet out that we're doing this? Okay. So. But, of course... Gonna... Feel for a little set for a few seconds. <coughs> do you know what? I might just do my 11. No, I won't do, because we'll get everyone listening first. But So, the 11th of the season, in years gone by... We've picked an 11 and also done subs. So it's given us a get-out clause, really, to be able to say, yeah, well, they've made my bench, you know, so-and-so's not in it because of this. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The criteria for the 11s this season are just no rules, essentially. You only pick an 11 players. Sometimes it's been sort of live players, so players that, you know, we've enjoyed watching, that kind of thing. But I literally made it free scope. You can pick any 11 players that make your team a season from any level, from you know Northern Senior League, from even the Stroud League, if you wanted to go down that far, all the way up to Gloucester Sea um, and beyond. So it's a uh, it's a good one. Now you've already said, Kelsey, you playing three at the back of yours? Four, four, four at the back. Four, four, two, three, one is what I've gone for. Four, three, one, two for me. Anyone who knows me, I mean, I've talked about it this week to a number of people. I'm a bit. I've always been a fan of four, four, one, one because United always used to play that with Rooney off the main striker. And that's always been mine. My, 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 uh, if I was a coach, I would play 4-2-3-1, or, which would be a 4-4-1-1 in out of possession. When you have the ball, it moves into a 4-3-3. It allows you two wide players to you know, integrate with the, the forward and it actually gives you a fluid free across the, the middle behind the striker. Is this enough filling for you, Kelsey? Have you got the tweet out here? Yeah, yeah, all done, mate, all done. Right, so I'm giving you the honour of doing your team first. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, repeat the formation for us. So, I've gone for four at the back and then uh, three sort of fluid central midfielders, I guess you could say, and then a central attacking mid, so just sitting just behind the strikers, and then I've gone for uh, for two up top. Lovely. So, so four, four, three, one, two. If you weren't, uh, if you weren't counting that. So your goalkeeper. Who have you, who, who's done your shortlist for goalkeepers? So shortlist for goalkeepers was a bit because you did say you were struggling a bit tough for me um, because there's not really been a goalkeeper in my eyes that has stood out as unreal. You know, like last couple of seasons we've had pretty much clear contenders um for the award really so on my short list so one player who who was was close to my 11 but didn't actually make it um was adam thomas 
uh, at Brimscombe. Um, as I thought, he had a, a very, very good season. I think he appeared in Team of the Month twice yep. as well, I believe. Um, you know, he was playing at a high level after coming back from, from so long outs um, from the professional game. Um, so in the end, I also did actually consider um, <laughs> consider Rich Thomas for for a few moments because um, uh, you know he performed well in games that that we'd seen. But um, I went for Jack Copland from Toughly Under 18s, um, who, in my opinion, very exciting prospect, very exciting prospect, um, one of of many exciting prospects at Toughly. Under 18s, really. Well, what we'll do is, we, we, if we, if you do your keeper, I do my keeper, and then we'll do it that way. Okay. I think because you've already mentioned my keeper, mm-hmm. and I like you had narrowed it down to to two, both with the last name of Thomas, mm-hmm. Adam Thomas of, of Brimscombe and Frep, and Rich Thomas of Lydney. Adam Thomas had a fantastic first half of the season. Yeah, you know, he, he filled in well after Nick Jones left and went to Cinderford for Brimscombe. But when Brimscombe came back, they had uh, Adam Clatworthy in goal. It was mm-hmm. a different keeper. So on that basis, I went for Rich Thomas of Lydney mm-hmm. because not only did he play for Lydney uh, first team um, after the restart, he also helped out the reserve side when they needed. Um, the occasion where I saw Lydney nil, Long Levens nil, he played that game and then played the reserve game later in the day. So he played two games back to back and you know, as a, a clubman uh, for Lydney, he's been a fantastic servant for them. Mm. So for me, Rich Thomas, just ahead of Adam Thomas, Adam Thomas though. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I would say Sam Yap of Dursley yeah. will be... Yeah. Would, yeah. He, he's up there for me. He's a yep. keeper that, that I like. I, mm-hmm. I do like him. And, and um, yeah, he, he like Copland, he's one to, to look yeah. out for, for sure. So we've both got four at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, talk us through your back four. Okay, so this is where I think one of our players are going to be the same. So yeah, um, which I think is is fairly fairly obvious to be honest. But there we go. So right back, um, gone with Jack James at Gloucester City for my right back of the season. Very close, just behind him was Laurie McNally, um, who I thought has had a good breakthrough season. But yep. Jack James was just edges him for. The way that he made that role his own after Gloucester, uh, sort of, well, after George Carline left Gloucester City, um, and everyone thought, oh, are they going to sign a replacement right back? But no, they had already made one on the bench, and I think, if anything, he was a hell of a lot better than George Carline, yeah. Jack James. Um, so he's my right back. Uh, left back, I've gone for Finn Kent at Tuffley Rovers and Tuffley Rovers under 18s. Again, another exciting prospect for Tuffley. Just a class player, class player, just oozes class on the football field, you know, going forwards, defending, great player. And I know Sam Hill will be absolutely delighted with that pick. Um, two centre-backs, uh, not really any shocks here for uh, for me. I've gone with Jack Bartman at Brimscombe and Jacob Geddes at Tuffley. No, no real shocks there. You probably could have picked those two centre-backs. Uh, for me, but you know Geddes, of course. What can we say about him? He's a player who has just sprung onto the scene at, at Tuffley and you know made that that centre half spot his own, really. And he's captain the first team as well in the absence of Macaulay Herbert. So, player with very very bright future. And Jack Bartman, of course, who we mentioned earlier, you know made the step up from Frampton, um, and alongside Kyle Pitts, who I will say was was close um, to getting in the squad. 
as well as Ollie Long and Sam Elliott were were very close to getting in my squad at centre back as well. But um, yeah, Geddes and Bartman centre backs, and then Jack James and Finn Kent are my full backs. Well, delighted with that because my two centre backs are Jacob Geddes and Jack Bartman <laughs> for complete originality. Um, yeah, I, 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 I sort of echo what you say. Really, you know, Jacob Geddes is one of the the standout take takeaways really from the season. Um, yeah, for me, I think that you know his future is, is so bright, and you know he is a, a diamond that, that toughly have got there. Jack Bartman, you know, and he's so, got a lovely family as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they do follow us on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. They interact with all us of them. See him at, all the Geddes clan. We see him uh, at games as well. Yeah. Lovely family. Yeah, um, Jack Bartman, you know, he's up for two nominations, uh, two awards, and the end of season awards. Of course, you know the impact he's had at Brimscombe, I felt was was something you couldn't ignore. I would also say that close for me was Mark Pritchett, who made the move to Bishop's Cleeve. Mm-hmm. Still mm-hmm. operating at such an impressive level um, is, is Pritch. And, and yeah, I, I think Ollie Long was pretty close for me as well. Yeah. Um, my uh, fullbacks are different. I've tried to, to research a little bit, had a couple of chats with managers as well, just to get a scope for what the players were like and looking because you know stats will only tell you certain things yeah so yeah that's why i've done it my right back is lyndon dovey mm-hmm. from bishop's cleave i've said it before and i've said it again bishop's cleave with that defense if lyndon dovey's playing right back that's a southern league right back for me lyndon dovey i think he's still good enough to be playing southern league yeah um you know the step above my left back is from Hartbury university he is Charlie Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually scored five goals in the seven games since the return Not to bad, football. Is it? So, Not bad, is it? for a left back, you know that that is something you can't ignore. And the fact that obviously Hartbury had a good league campaign, followed by uh, you know getting to the final uh, this weekend. So, um, I had a chat with with a couple of people. Charlie Johnson gets the thumbs up from them, so it's a thumbs up from me. He's in the squad. So your midfield is where we differ. So you've got yeah. a. A free in your midfield. Yeah, so I've so got so flat yeah. free midfielders. So yeah, so the flat free midfielders, and then there's a, a midfielder just in front of them. So um, my my three main midfielders, um, I've gone for Tommy O'Sullivan from Gloucester City, who I think a lot of people, especially when he signed from Hereford in the summer, sort of thought, mm, not really too sure about that. Um, mixed reviews on him from Hereford fans. But I think he's come in after Gavin Gunning's left Gloucester City and very much like Jack James at right back, he has made that centre midfield spot his own and one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Questions as to whether or not he would stay at the club. Uh, but then he's gone on and signed a new contract, which I think is great news for him. Uh, then I've got James Sunley as well alongside him. Don't really need to say any more on James Sunley. I mean, I've said before he can be anything he wants to be. Really, I mean he is he is class. Um, and then I've gone with Sean O'Connor as well, of course, who's my nomination for Player of the Season from Long Levens, operating at a, such a, a high level this season. Uh, you know, just the way he drives forward that Long Levens team, and then also does the dirty work in defence as well. Um, impressive season from from Sean and then the midfielder sat just in front of them and just behind the front two um wouldn't really put him at at this position naturally but I wanted to fit him in the squad anyway and I think he could do a job there um I got for Geordie Sheen uh Lydney who yeah, I think is 
a very good player, very technically gifted. Um, I think him in the midfield with Jack Rutter, they complement each other very well. Sheen is more of the, the kind of player who's a creative driving force behind the, that midfield. You know, Rutter tends to, to, to sit a bit further backwards um, back in the, the, the midfield. But yeah, Sheen, I think, is a, a good player who I never really thought of realised just how good he was until this season because we haven't seen Lydney as much um, in previous seasons as we have this year. So um, that's why he makes my team as well. And then also just close in that midfield, um, got to mention Jake Parrott. Um, obviously my nomination for signing of the season. He was very, very close. It was it was between between him and Tommy O'Sullivan. Really, so you know, you think you're comparing their Hellenic League player to a National League North player who probably should be playing in the National League. You know, very close with Jake Parrott, but yeah, my midfield. So Tommy O'Sullivan, James Sunley, Sean O'Connor, and Geordie Sheen. Well, my midfield, I've got a flat two. So um, for me, it was two from three. Um, the three were Jake Parrott, um, Sean O'Connor, and Archie Haskane. For me. Jake Parrott to play at the level he was at Brimscombe and to carry over seamlessly into the Bishop's Cleave uh, team. Didn't look out of place, didn't need time to adjust, didn't need anything. It was like he'd been playing there you know, all his life and, and he'd started the season with Cleave. So Parrott for me is in that squad. Um, when it came down to, to the other two, I've gone for Sean O'Connor because I believe he's playing his best football of his, his career. Not to say that Archie Eskane hasn't had a good season, but I just think that for individual um, you know, form and, and progression and, and everything like that, I just think Sean O'Connor's had such a good season. You can't ignore it. You know, captain of the yep. long eleven side and you know, as you sort of said, Kelsey, you know, is a driving force for that team and, and he is probably now equally as big of a miss than, than probably someone like Brad Martin is for, for long eleven. So mm-hmm. we've seen that over the course of the season. Um I'll let you do your strikers first because mine's sort of a front four that's mainly strikers. Right. So I'll be able to explain it more. But who's your two strikers? I imagine there'll be one that will be the same as mine. Yeah, um, no real surprises with my strikers, to be honest. Um, I'll mention one that was close, um, Declan Morley Lynn at Lydney. I considered putting him in there, um, but then realised that the only two that it really could be was Brad Martin and Rudy McKinnon up front as a as a pairing um obviously Brad Martin everyone knows quality quality player you know he's too good for the Hellenic League in my opinion uh yeah I think you, you're looking at a player who probably could make the step up if he he wouldn't if, if he wanted up. if he wanted yeah. to if he wanted to he could but you know I think he's comfortable now where he is at Long Levens, obviously had that season at Bishop's Cleave, came back to Sawmills. Um, Family man now, of course, yeah, Brad Martin as well. Yeah, and I think you know he's he's you know he's missed quite a lot of, quite a lot of chances which he will think he should have buried. But you're always counting on Brad Martin to have maybe four or five chances per game, and more more times than not, he'll bury two of them. You know, so he's always he's always good for a goal. I, um, I mean, I can't wait for him to message me to say, is Kelsey seriously giving me a bit of praise there? <laughs> um, I, no, I do. I, I, I praise some of the Martin family, you know. One, one of the brothers, one of the brothers. Um, Lee Martin's going to be... <laughs> <interesting>, you <know. laughs> and then, obviously, um, 
Rudy McKinnon up, up front with him. Again, it's another one of those where you don't really need to say anything that hasn't been said already. I mean, class player, got a big future ahead of him. One of the only the only player I've ever seen score six goals in a game yeah. in a half where he wasn't even meant to be playing, <laughs> and then basically sub, sub, him, sub himself off after after he scored the sixth Felt one. Chip and sold Briad Day, really. He really did, but you know, just watching it. I mean, James Sunley and Rudy McKinnon were just unreal that game, and it was like wow, just wow. You sat there watching it, just thought this is incredible, really. Um, and to have a player like that so young with so much potential in this county you know he 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 and James Sunley in in my eyes as I've said to you before Ryan they are the toughly equivalent of of Harry Emmett you know those are two players there that can go on and be whatever they want provided they've got the right mindset um you know and I think Rudy is is very driven very uh, very driven in his pursuit of success um and very motivated to uh, to do well on the football field, so um, yeah, so those two up top, uh, just ahead of Declan Morley Lynn, who would have made the bench if we were allowed a bench, but he was close. Mine, as I said, four two three one, and and pretty much you pretty much say that the front four for mine are forwards strikers, um, but I've had a couple of as I said, I've, I've actually chatted to managers here to just discuss players and and whether they'd fit this certain formation this side just because I want to make it as realistic as possible. So, um, on the right-hand side of the three, um, off the main striker, Aaron Golty from Hartbury University. He was on loan at uh, Lydney this season before, and has had spells at, I believe it's Bristol Manor Farm, don't quote me on that. Um, maybe, actually, no, it's Biddeford. I uh, got confused with someone else, but yeah, Biddeford he was at, um, had a spell at Lydney. He's at Hartbury at the moment, um, and yeah, he seems to be playing on the right-hand side, um, to allow uh, Emmanuel Bam and uh, Kong to to play through the middle for Harbury, scored a bucket load of goals from that position. So he gets the nod. I would say for me, the unlucky man to miss out on my right hand side is Joe Shutt. Of yeah, I will say he was very close. I, I did actually put him in before I changed the formation to. Yeah. Three. So if I was playing with wingers, he'd be in there. So, so Joe Shirt's very unlucky to have missed out there for me. On the left-hand side of the, the three, I've gone for Rudy McKinnon on the basis that he plays in that fluid system for the under-18s where he does sometimes drift to the left. And he's predominantly been used by the first team for the left. He's capable of playing that position. But as Kelsey said, you know, 30 goals at under-18s level, um, just making a step up into the development side in the first team, it's... Mad. It's just a great season from him. And then playing off the striker in the number 10 role in the middle of the three is Newent Town's uh, Jordan Cooper. Um, Jordan mm-hmm. joined us for the um, Cheltenham uh, Festival Tips the League in March. You know, great campaign for him. Again, a couple of injuries here or there. Um, but if he can oversee that next season, um, then it'll be another good one for him. But he's a, a, a you know, almost a cornerstone of the example of how much Newton have progressed over the last yeah. 12 to 18 months. So for me, you know, tip of the cap to him, he makes the squad. And the striker, so through the middle, I had a couple of names listed down. Ethan Dunbar at Slimbridge Reserves was up there. Um, nearly, ever so nearly got the nod. Brad Martin as well was, was in the mix. But I've gone for into the um, Northern Senior League for, for my striker, and I've gone for Finn Gwillem. Uh, Abbey Mead Rovers. Abbey Mead kind of like 
uh, Nguyen are a side that are on the up. They're a side that are progressing year upon year with Nick McGurk there. Um, and he scored, you know, 20 goals in uh, his um, appearances this year in the Reg Davis Cup and also the, the league campaign at the start of the season. So he is my striker, the lead in the line. But that front four, goals, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Goals all over that. Not bad, mate. You take Not out Rudy McKinnon, you're still probably looking at about 40 goals. Oh, there. without a doubt. Without and a then doubt, you have really, so collectively those four players have contributed nearly seventy goals. Yeah, this that's, season that's mental, isn't it? So you know, that frightening, frightening side. So there we go. We'll publish the the elevens later on today, so you can have a look at them in a bit more detail. And uh, we're going to end looking ahead to next season, Kelsey. This is the one that, that this is the one that uh, will get the attention on social media when we reveal them. The free, limited to three players, but I'm sure there's going to be others that were in contention. But mm. your three players to watch for the 2021-22 campaign. Uh, so one of them who was already in my my team, my uh, my first eleven. So my three players to watch. So number one, Finn Kent. Um, number two, Dylan Morgan from Forest Green Rovers Academy. Obviously had a spell on loan at Brimscombe for up young winger who uh, has got a lot of potential and third one Zach Drew at Cinderford um, I think just before the season got curtailed I mean they, he started the season at, at Cinderford if you include pre-season as well I think he'd scored nine in nine or something like that um, of course you know went a little bit off the boil towards the sort of the end of that season really but you know we're still showing his class um you know good player with the ball at his feet and he can run at defenses as well and he's got goal scoring ability so you know i think he'll be a big player in in Stephen Cleal's side next season so yeah so Zach Drew Dylan Morgan and Finn Kent are my players to watch next year my players to watch are number 1 Joey Haswell at Long he Levens. was close to my he was close on my list another season in men's football um under the belt for him his games improved over the season um, you know, he, he spent a lot of time in the gym looking to, to bulk up and you know adapt to, to men's football. And I think that he's got the ability and he just needs that break. Watching him in the, the cup competition, it felt if he just scored one, um, then potentially he'd uh, go and get a few more. So Haswell could have a good season um, at long levens. Another man who's uh, looked to, to try and improve himself physically um, is Lewis Spurrier. At Cinderford. Again, very close to my list. He, you know, as I said, he, he, he's taking his fitness um, very seriously. He's got a new fitness page on Instagram, um, you know, doing the personal training, that kind of thing. And, you know, if he can, you know, maintain his football ability, uh, like like we have seen him play at such a high level, then I think, you know, it'll only do him the world of good. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes next season. He had the armband at Cinderford as well throughout last season but I think next year with Tristan Haswell fit it'll probably go to him but Spurrier will be a leader within that changing room so one to watch for me is Lewis Spurrier my third one's changed um, quick glance on my notebook three or four times mm. um, and mine's, mine's a player who made my list of players to watch for this season which I posted last summer right. whilst he was at Shortwood United He's made the move to Suffley Rovers and I still believe he is a player to watch because a full season with him up front as the striker for Suffley Rovers and it could be a great one for Luke Sol. I think he's got the ability, we've seen what he can do in front of goal for Tuffley. You know, the important goals that he's been able to score, the hold-up play, 
you know, he fits into to the way Tuffley played pretty well. Got the confidence in himself. Um, and I'm tipping Luke Sol to have a very good season next season. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good shout, really. I mean, we, how often have we said, you know, Tuffley just need that settled striker? Um, and they could well have it. Thank you, get support Sol. players around him. Um, you know, try and get the best out of the likes of Adam Bloomfield as well. Um, when he's involved and, and, and what have you. Um, you know, against Stonehouse in particular, I felt Luke Sol was outstanding. Um, you know, scored two goals on the day and, and really did have uh, a fantastic match. But that's the three players to watch. As I said, we'll publish all this on the website over the weekend. But that is that. We've run out of time for the show. We've run out of time for the season. But all I have to say is thanks very much, everybody, for... Have we got a little best bits of the show coming up? Or? I'm going to end with that, mate. We're ending with that, I'll be. Good, so, good. just as we, we sign out, you know, thanks, everyone, for, as I said, listening to the show over the course of the season. Um, interacting, listening again, getting involved. It really is appreciated. Um, a reminder next week, it's a Euros special. So not an official base for breakfast, but we'll, we'll have a show on Saturday morning next week looking ahead at Euro 2020. But all that's left for us here is to look back at some of the best bits on the morning show, some of the best guests, some of the best things we've done in and around uh, the show and also some post-match interviews sneak in there as well don't forget the end of season games. awards tomorrow as well end of season six awards 6 o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow evening 6pm right here on 7 Sport UK we need to decide the winners which is what we're going to spend today doing um, so there's no game for us today we're going to concentrate long and hard on the end of season awards so join us tomorrow night for that but thanks everybody for listening to the morning show and uh, join us next season for more Berties for Breakfast This is Seven Sports. And we're back on Base for Breakfast live on Seven Sport. It's Saturday morning. I'm delighted to say that we're joined on the phone by Hartbury University's Dr. Martin Longworth, Tristan Hasron, Stuart Tate on Diamond Tongue, it's Sam Hill, Rich Cox, Mo Patel, Matt Rose, Kieran Thomas, James Sunley, Gloucester City Chairman, Alex Preferham. Yeah, I know. Obviously, things have been a bit weird, obviously, with COVID 19. Who's the better player, Scott Griffin or Jody Bevan? No, there's no way. <laughs> I'm going to answer that. I think everyone wishes the fans could be there today, but I think that time will come, and I think when it does, that will be an occasion that no one's going to forget for a very long time. It's, it's a different ball game. I mean, it's an absolute joy to watch. You know, look at the players uh, Mike's brought in. You know, look at Rudy. You know, we've got Yami and James Sunley. Look how they combine up the pitch. You know, and delightfully we are joined by Ken Blackburn. Ken, good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks. You know. You've been trying to get me on for a little while now. Uh, I don't know why you got me on so early. I'm good, thanks. I was up early because you told me after me, but it's now nine, so I was just pointing out. But it's because I was told by everybody that you weren't going to be awake. So I did with Harry last week, so I made sure you're definitely going to be awake. Yeah, I'm um, It pains me to say it because it is as big enough as it is, but. Um, Jamie Reid is, is the, the man I like to play with the most, yeah. Um, Mate, I'm sitting, in the, I'm sitting in the hot tub. So with Paul Groves after today's training game against Oxford City, what did you make of that run out today? In a warm-up, um, you were particularly on this side in front of us with the, the four defenders that, that started the session. You know, you were pinging the pass of the round. Is there a temptation to get the boots back out? I wish I could. I wish I could. You can't beat playing. Matt McClure after the training game today. What did you make of the run out today? 
Brisbane at Mensur after seeing Gloss City 1, Chorley 1. So with Tommy O'Sullivan after today's training session, what did you make of that run out? So with Dan King after seeing Slimbridge 2, Gloss City 2. Dan, what a goal. And with Valentine's Day tomorrow, what's your best chat line? My best chat line? I don't have to chat up girls, they just come to me. With Sam Pryor after seeing Brimscombe and Frupp versus Bridgewater in the FA Wilds. To all the kids out there, don't look at girls, focus on football. Oh, I think it's fantastic. 